<laughs> I need now start, I need to start recording before we yeah. you get in here. So we also have uh, this is going to be the first clapped out podcast presented by. Yes, that's awesome. I'm so moving on up. That's awesome. So the let me fix my mic situation. Um, are we live on the book of face yet? Not yet. I'm uh, getting us ready right now. So those of you listening at home, this is kind of what we do. If you're listening on any of the multiple, you're a first time listener on multiple, multiple applications, applications, which we are on all of them now. We're deep. We're, we're very deep. <laughs> deep. We're deep faking uh, it. This is something a little bonus that you get for listening to the audio version that you don't get on the live. Yes. Um, which is us just riffing. This is kind of like the behind the scenes, BTS, if you will, behind the scenes. Behind oh. the scenes with Ryan Logan. This is how the magic happens. And then this is how we go live. And now we're live. Let me pick my teeth before. Oh, and we're live. And we are live. My favorite part about the Zoom update is now it's like critically telling you, just so you know. Yeah. Hey, you can jump out of this right now. <laughs> You can still turn back. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, the the podcast this evening, I think, is gonna be a good one. I'm really excited about this this story. I think so too. Hey, you know what, Logan, who's who's bringing this podcast to these people? Should we let's start there? Yeah, absolutely. Do you want, should I do radio announcer voice? Yeah, I think so. Let's let's give us a turn. You're way better. I think we didn't, got so we didn't get any talking points. No, but, we didn't. We didn't. We don't yeah. actually. I prefer that we didn't get any talking points. So because it's, then they can't get mad at us when we butcher their product lines. Clap out podcast presented by <laughs> presented by Monster Clutch Company. That's right, Steve Addison and the whole Monster Clutch Company crew. Stepped up in a big way for 2022 to become the title partner for the Clapped Out Podcast. We appreciate Steve Addison and all he does and the entire team at Monster Clutch. We thank you so much. If you guys are looking for an affordable clutch or a badass triple disc and everything in between, Monster Clutch has you covered. You'll pay for the whole clutch, but you'll only use the edge. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. No. Work now. In association, well, yes. how do what are the other in association with in, a, in association with Brian Tooley Racing and Forced Performance Turbochargers? Both of those crews have signed on to be core partners with the Clapped Out Podcast presented by Monster Clutch Company. I'm very excited to have everybody on board. I don't uh, know. I feel like I could put more baritone into the little yeah. more bass. You try, so, you, okay, you do cool. an you riff an intro with Monster Clutch. You go for it. Welcome to the Clapped Out Podcast presented by Monster Clutches. Steve Addison and Monster Clutches bringing you the top of the line clutches for all your high performance needs or OEM replacements. Really good. Clutches. The clamping power to of Zeus himself gets you in the shower. I was trying to figure out how to rhyme it. <laughs> clamping power you want in the shower. Even in the shower, it's got clamping power. The clamping power you want in the shower. Good, dude. Yeah, that's good. Dude, something is going on with my Facebook feed. Where it's just saying one person. Can you see this? Look, that's just one. Daniel Budziak is watching. All right, man. Daniel's a good guy. That's all I get. Yeah, it's my that's my dude DJ. He's my old roommate from back in the Marine Corps days, like early days. Oh, he had to live with you. That's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. So I can't he... even see the live chat. It doesn't even give me. So 
he and I lived together for a long time. Uh, and you know, we were young and dumb and stupid and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna finish how that goes. Uh, so I was like, Oh, it's getting racy this early. He and I both DJ, I hope you don't mind me putting you on blast, but it's been years now at this point, And I think it's a super funny story. Uh, we were both working night crew and we wake up at like one o'clock in the afternoon to go to work because we worked from four till whenever we got off like 2am usually. And, uh, we walk outside. I'm in the kitchen, like making something to eat. And he walks outside and he's like, dude, where's my fucking car? And I go, Oh, you told me about this. I, I was like, Are you on. doing a bit right now? Is this a movie? Are we talking about the movie? He goes, No, for real. Where's my fucking car? Was it a Mustang? Yeah, he had an 03 yes. Cobra, mineral gray. Um, and <laughs> rewind two weeks before, he was out of town, and I took his car to the gas station with a buddy of mine to kind of like show off a little bit. And when I left the gas station, I snatched this thing into third gear and like slid it across three lanes of traffic. Uh, I didn't realize that there was a sheriff parked directly across the street, saw the whole thing, pulls me over, come to find out the tags were expired. I didn't know. Uh, the insurance information was a little bit sketchy. Again, we were oh, young, easy, stupid. easy. <laughs> and the cop wanted to leave the car right there. Well, I got pulled over pulling into my neighborhood. Thankfully, he let me drive it back to my house. Well, because... I got popped and now the car and the address have been like entered into the system. Yeah. I had no idea that the car was up for repossession. So two weeks later, we walk out to go to work in the afternoon. Car's gone. And I had a Lexus. I had a Lexus IS 300. That was parked directly behind him. Somehow. I, I squeezed I, it out. Dude. Didn't disturb anything. And in, in, the the my other roommate at the time had left in the morning and they're like yeah the car was there this morning because we're calling like what the somebody stole the car and then we figured out yeah i got repoed oh that's awesome <laughs> that <laughs> is awesome and it had my slicks in the back of it because we had gone to the it takes a lot it. for them to repo a car nowadays unless you're like a buy here pay here lot yeah like banks know especially right now they know that they're if there's someone that's defaulting they it's it used to be like we're taking the shit now yeah. it's like the bank calls not that i know from experience but I've had friends that'll be like, yeah, dude, they don't care. They'll call and be like, hey, uh, John Smith, if you were like feeling like making a payment, you can't. I mean, don't, no pressure, but like we, there's no way this can go to auction and get a dime back because you have ratted this piece of shit car out now. So yeah. if you could just pay on it when you can, like imagine, imagine being the bank that loaned on an 03 Cobra and you go to show up and it's a back half race car that hasn't been finished yeah <laughs> what do you say like, we we solid axle swapped it <laughs> like it was a solid axle car now yeah, dude i miss my irs cobra it they ride so much better than the solid cars yeah but they don't break when you go to the track i mean there's a lot of guys you know what it's okay everybody has their cup of tea i got <laughs> irs car back here <laughs> all right um I'm going to dive into this today. Today's story is one that has been covered. The problem with like changing the format of our podcast and actually focusing on stuff that's cool instead of just riffing the whole time is that the majority of cool ass stories have already been covered by people that are better at their jobs than us. So we, <laughs> so like we are like cleanup batter to Sammy Sosa and it's like, no one's even on the bases anymore. He's cleared them out. So we're just like, no one's even cheered. Everyone goes to get a hot dog when we come up. So hopefully we can make this a little bit enticing and a little bit interesting for you. Um, that being said, the story today is something that caught my eye and 
the if you dive deep into the profile of the two gentlemen that are involved the main gentlemen involved they're actually kind of pieces of sh- not kind of they're pieces of shit um with on record you know just rants towards people in the service industry just assholes from from the accounts i have been able to review and look at but that's neither here nor there don't let that cloud your judgment of the uh, on the fact that they were able to scam the motorsports industry into allowing them to race um really without any previous like experience at all (laughs) so rye if you're ready to go i'm gonna dive right into this let's go all right so everybody ready everyone got their popcorn Mm -hmm. good just making sure before I dive into this, I want to give everybody a heads up that Brian Tooley Racing has an all-new Stage 1 NSR camshaft that is available for purchase. The Stage 1 NSR cam, it works with stock OEM valve springs, stock push rods. You slide your cam out, put your new cam in, and it is an easy cam to tune. It uses stock converter. And from a factual source that I know that is in the know, it's me I'm talking about, they are already at a one of the highest selling rates that their camshafts ever been at in terms of available stock the number that was on the shelf versus what sold in the first week uh has been setting some pretty ridiculous records so uh, if you guys are interested in doing a cam swap on your dod or afm equipped truck this is an easy button that doesn't require an intense amount of tuning and it is available i'm not sure how many are left on the shelf but give it a check out at briantilyracing.com or order from your favorite brian chili racing dealer dynasty in louisville kentucky because that is the only place you should order btr parts from is me at dynasty that was a good <laughs> double plug was that not a good uh, double plug that's pretty slick it felt like a paid advertisement but it was so yeah there's that we are yeah. selling out <laughs> all right <laughs> our story this evening begins in the year 1979 one year after my 1978 chevrolet caprice sedan rolled off the showroom floor which is something i purchased today the stage was none other than the 24 hours of Le Mans. And this is an excerpt because a lot of people don't know what the 24 hour of Le Mans, like what that race is all about. So if you have heard the term or seen it, this is a brief like Wikipedia style overview of what it is. The 24 hours of Le Mans is an endurance focused sports car race held annually near the town of Le Mans, France. It is the world's oldest active endurance racing event. Unlike fixed distance races, whose winner is determined by minimum time, the 24 hours of Le Mans is won by the car that covers the greatest distance in 24 hours. Racing teams must balance the demands of speed with the car's ability to run for 24 hours without mechanical failure. Which, Rye, how many minutes do you think you could put in behind the wheel of a road course car at Le Mans? Ooh, six. Like before Three? I quit? Dude, I couldn't do Man, it's a physically grueling thing to drive a road race. So, okay. How and I know you've gone on some serious carts because you went with Josh and I went with Josh. How bad yeah. do you hurt after a, like a 10 minute session of go-karts? I, I hurt walking <laughs> up a flight of stairs. You know what I mean? Like for sure. Like even, so I I've raced at Autobahn country club a few times. And by the time you're done with like a 20 minute session, you, you are sore. Like you oh, yeah. have a lot of driving to do. It's in a, an, and you got 24 hours. Obviously it's multiple racers that all pile the same car. You know, they're not one dude. It's not one dude, one chick in the car the whole time. But yeah, I couldn't. There's I, no uh, we took, uh, when I went and picked up my race suit from K1 Race Gear, which also has a subsidiary K1 Speed, which is the indoor electric golf, uh, not golf carts, go carts. Um, mm-hmm. My buddy JR was like, hey, you guys want to do some kart racing? I'm like, yeah, sure. We'll take a session. So me, the wife, and the kids go out there and we get in the truck afterwards. And Estella. You're just and- dead. 
I'm fine. I, I mean, shoulders are hurting a little bit and, you know, ribs from getting slung through because, you know, you and me I'm just, just we go packing the kids' carts and sending them off track. <laughs> I might have T-boned my oldest daughter. That's awful. <laughs> so <laughs> hard. She's, I'm never racing again. I didn't know she was going to break that early. But Estella is in the truck and we have to drive from Charlotte all the way to the East Coast back to Newburn. And she's like, babe, my neck is killing me. <laughs> she's yeah. just like this, like. Huh? Every time I ask her a question, just turning her whole yep. body because it wrecked her. And yeah, yeah huge. All that to say, it's insane, is it? Yeah, not? it's it, everybody that says like, oh, race car drivers are not athletes. You're lying. Yeah, full of shit. So take that. All right. So take this. Let's stay in this mindset. Where it's 1979, the only medication available is cocaine, and the 24 hours of Le Mans is popping off, and it is a huge event, and everybody wants to be a part of that. So stay in that mindset. And understand that it is a, from a financial standpoint, you, the barrier to entry is pretty great. You have to yep. have a seasoned car with tons of time behind the wheel. You have to have racers that are dedicated. And this is the scene, 1979, 24 hours of Le Mans. So this race this year specifically brought out a ton of talent and a lot of deep pockets like you'd expect from something like this. Hindsight and of those pockets, Kramer Racing would stand out very clearly. And it's not because of their wealth of talent. They weren't like crazy stacked. They were, they had good drivers and you'll find out that in, in a minute here, why, but because of a deal that they set up would blow everybody out before the race even kicks off. So two unknown dudes, Don and Bill Whittington, they're brothers. They parked their fannies in France after forking out 20 grand each for a shot at ripping this Kramer racing Porsche 935 at the 24 hour endurance race. The founder of Kramer racing, Erwin Kramer, would throw some salt on the situation and he immediately tells them because they get there they're like let's rock and roll dude i'm gonna i'm ready to give me the keys let's do this and kramer's like whoa dude probably like at some point you're gonna drive it but klaus the dude's name's klaus klaus is gonna wheel this car and he's gonna put us in a position to actually win so the whittington brothers like two literally nobody knew who these dudes were they're like okay cool what's it gonna take what what are you gonna have to what are we gonna have to do for me to sit my ass in that car, both of us to pilot this thing primarily. What do you what do you want? Kramer being like this cocky dude is like, fuck it, 200 grand. Give me 200 grand and I'll consider it. Immediately, the brothers are like, dope, there's a duffel bag in the trailer. Go grab it. Count out only $200,000 and you don't touch a fucking penny more. We'll, we'll do it. No problem. And Kramer's like, uh, I... What? <laughs> <laughs> so Kramer goes and he counts out 200 grand out of his double bag on point. So that's where the stage is now. These dudes show up. They were going to pay 40 G's just to drive. So, you know, the sidebar is like, all right, this dickhead doesn't want to let us whip this thing first. So what do we got to do? And both brothers get in 1979, probably railed the line of cocaine. And they were so geeked up. They're like, let's just buy the car. Let's buy the car. Anyway, what do you do if somebody, and this is, we talked about this last week, hundred grand to buy your car. You'd say no. For me personally. Yeah. No, it's not. Happening. You would not say there's no way you'd say no. I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. You, you would, you'd say yes. All right. So <laughs> story doesn't stop there. It does not stop there. It gets even better. So they drop 200 grand. They peel it off. They pay it out. Klaus still is like the main dude ripping this thing. 
So they put on their parade laps and they do their thing. I say parade laps. It's not like they're totally inexperienced, but they're not the level you should be for this type of race. Right. Klaus hammers down. <clears throat> These dudes win the 24 hours of Le Mans. They win the fucking race by you, showing up, dropping a stack. Do you know well, what class it was by chance? I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up stuff here to look at it too. But. No, I actually, if you would just maybe let me do my thing, you wouldn't have to pull up anything. Okay. Chick, such a dickhead. Man. Uh, by the way, $200,000 in 1979 money is $768,000 today. See, that's so. helpful. You should do that. Inflation. You're my inflation guy. I am. So I'm doing. I'm so they, <laughs> they step on the track. They come out. They're nobodies. And they leave. And they are the winners of their class with this car they purchased when they got there. So before they leave, this is where it gets even better. <laughs> so before they leave, they grab, a, I don't know, 12 more duffel bags full of money. And they buy more cars, spares, backups, tools, everything. And they're like, I guess, I guess we're in the business of being race car owners and race car. We're going to have a team now. Th that's how this starts. Nobody knows. And they show up with all this cash. And now they are, they're not in the middle of the pack, but they are champions of the 24 hours of Le Mans. And can we talk about how, or am I getting ahead of myself on what car this is? No, it's a Porsche 935. And it is sick. The 935 oh, yeah, is insane. super dope. Let me, I, I got a picture here. So the 935 is probably one of the, I, I mean, one of the most sought after Porsches. And the picture he's showing you is actually where it sits now in a museum. And you'll find out why it's in a museum in just a little bit. It's such a sick car. It I is. It. The 935 is insane. fuego. It's crazy to me too. Um, <clears throat> it is crazy to me that they're able to do what they were able to do with what they had. Yeah. So they get, let me pull this up here. Got to get my notes, get my notes ready. My notes ready. At this point though, if you're, if you're part of this event and you're there and you see these guys show up, nobody knows them. There's no, like literally the pits are like, what the hell is going on? And who are, <laughs> who's this Don and Bill dude? What the hell's, what the hell's up? What are, as a, if you were a team owner on the opposition, what are your first thoughts seeing this, Rod? I mean, I've been in that. I mean, not that I've been in competition, but I've been at a, a local track where somebody shows up with something new and you're like, who the fuck is this dude? So, you know? but road racing though. So it played out like this road racing specifically in the 24 hours. Yeah. It's like a, it's a sport where every year, you know, who's going to be there. You yeah. know what I mean? There's, oh, yeah. there's front runners with cash. You know, who's going to, it's like pulling up at a NASCAR race and some big rig with just your and my faces are on it. And they'd be like, <laughs> look at these guys. Like what? How do they even get in here, man? Uh, I got bored. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which I absolutely would that to spend that kind of cheap, would you say 700 and something thousand dollars, $760,000 just yeah. to buy a car to, to prove a point, just to flex. Yeah. It is like, yeah, oh, fuck it. Let's go. So these bros return home. Um, they actually drop another stack of cash when they get home. They're spending money so fast, nobody understands how. And, and which, nobody will ever question it. No, why, why would they? Yeah. Yeah. If someone showed up and, and wanted to give you 100 grand for your Mustang, which I know you would take, would you ask where they got it? <laughs> no, you just take the cash and go to the bank and be like, I sold one of my children. Why does all this money smell like dryer sheets? It smells like dryer sheets and skunk. Yes. actually not skunk anymore whatever <laughs> so at any rate they fly back to their home does this smell like cocaine they, to you this, 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 yeah just give it a good whiff <laughs> they end up buying road atlanta what? 
Yeah, what? I swear it gets better, dude. It gets these the if these do if one of these guys was such a racist asshole, I would appreciate them. But they're actually pieces of shit. So anyway, they fly home. They buy road Atlanta, and then they venture into NASCAR and IndyCar. They compete in the Indy 500 and multiple NASCAR races. They always finish mid pack or worse. Like they're not like they aren't breaking records and stuff, but they're out there having a good time. And the best finish ever recorded between the two brothers, Don finished sixth in an IndyCar race or something. It was mm-hmm. literally so not notable, not notable finishes that I breeze right through it. I'm like, okay, they suck. They suck. They're not good. But then in 1984, they meet up with a dude named Randy Lanier, which is probably not how he pronounced his last name. It's L-A-N-I-E-R. So it's probably French like Lanier. Yeah. But they team up with Randy and they form Blue Thunder Racing. Oh, what a great name. It's a great name. This fucking squad comes out and walks out to Watkins Glen, all these tracks, and just straight fists them. I mean, puts them in a dirt. In 1984, they win the IMSA championship the same year they came together. They fucking win it. And I, you can bet it's not Don and Bill. Like, they're not out there wheeling. They yeah. just found their, they found their jockey, and they're killing it. And at this point, now everybody, because when they're racing IndyCar, NASCAR, no one gives a shit. Like they're finishing mid-pack or worse. No one cares, right? They're money fillers. They're, they're, they don't care. Now they're smacking people up. So all the team owners are in the pits like, what in the fuck? How are these guys? What the hell is their stream of revenue? There's all this like red tape around what's really going on with these dudes. So reflecting back, and especially in today's uh, you know, climate, it's pretty easy to identify who's selling drugs right? Like, it's not, it's not like, it's not hard to figure out that these dudes are probably, they're probably doing something with drugs. I don't know if that rang any bells for you, but as I'm reading the story, I'm like, they're for sure smuggling some type of drugs. Oh yeah. Yeah. So at this point I don't have, um, I can't write this as good as a couple of these websites have documented it. There's a website called the Motorhood that documents this with some pictures of these guys and the following is excerpts from their article covering these brothers and, and what they went through. I'm go ahead. I'm sorry. So it starts like this. Well, it doesn't start at the middle of this article, how they managed to fund these exploits, however, became an increasing interested, I'm sorry, became an increasing interest point among fellow racers and eventually the IRS. The IRS isn't alone here. Obviously you guys, the DEA is also with them. <laughs> so clearly <laughs> Okay. IRS and the DEA call each other. I picture the phone call goes something like this. Rye, you can be either one. Who do you want to be, DEA or IRS? Uh, let's do, I'll do uh, uh, DEA. Okay. I'm calling you. Uh, hello? IRS. Is this, the, is this the IRS? It is Internal Revenue Service. Um, hey, uh, who am I speaking ahead. with? Um, uh, Biff McKillicuddy. That's a name, Biff. Hey, thank you. I'm Chuck. I'm Chuck Alessandro. It's a weird last name. Don't question it. I think there's some guys that are smuggling drugs in. I need you to check the numbers out on their accounts. Okay. Um, go ahead with the account numbers. 69420 Alabaster Sunset. It's a good good one. That's how I imagine this phone call went because we, we have nothing on them. Uh, they, this isn't uh, any business that exists anywhere. They, they, it's fucked up because they really didn't. They had no, there were the IRS and DEA were both like guys. They just bought a racetrack. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. I mean, how do you? I mean, I don't. I guess this is before the internet, but you got to think like how you could probably make a lot bigger waves 
I, in fact, I know you can make a lot bigger waves and bigger moves before the invention of the internet oh, yeah. without disturbing a whole bunch of stuff. Like, but how big can you possibly go? How hard can you go? Can you buy a freaking racetrack and not attract the attention of the U.S. government? Well, like, pin it back this way. Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar was the wealthiest man in the world and flaunted it daily, didn't yeah. hide anything, and then blew up bodegas and shit and didn't hide anything. Like, I, I think being out of reach of the U.S. government for international drug dealers is they don't give a shit what they think. Like the yeah. DEA, you're going to you want to process somebody for crimes on American soil. They got to be on American soil. Yeah. But for these dudes to do what they're doing, it's in my opinion, the balls are brass. Like how you're, you're an American citizen and you're doing that. And again, we haven't even got to some of like the, what they were doing, like how they were getting it. It gets, it gets so cool. I'm going to share it, a picture here real quick. Cause I want people to understand, like these guys are not just saying like taking drug money, which, you know, it, it happens today in, in racing where oh, dude. It, there was a local, I'm not going to say names or do in too much details, but there was local to me. There was a, a local bust that was a semi well-known person that would go to the track and everybody kind of like, eh, we're a little suspicious. And then, mm -hmm. Oh, suspicions yeah. came true. So there's a, there's a dude that does, does uh, works for a shop in Texas that just got hit. Actually didn't just get hit. I don't know how this got swept under the rug. He got hit for like two to $3 million in scamming uh, Amazon. Yeah. He's currently under investigation and no one's talking about it. I, I'm sharing this picture because I want people to understand that this is not club level. Like this isn't sportsman level for those race cars. The podcast. These are full like what you picture: full body yeah. like road race cars. These aren't. This didn't start as a Corvette and get some wheels and tires slapped on it. This is a if, full built race IMSA race car. If you don't know what IMSA is, look up what IMSA and type in IMSA I M S A G T P, and then you can see. And there's some of the sickest cars on the planet. Uh, I love IMSA racing. It's one of my favorite forms of road racing. I wish I had the time to follow it a little bit more. But, I mean, they picked a good one to go into. Uh, Josh yeah, is in the comments saying that we're dry snitching on people. I mean, dry snitching That's on weird, Josh. Hey, why don't we make a couple phone calls and <laughs> I got nothing. I wish I had something. I wish I had any morsel of dirt on Kalis. We can make stuff up. He's selling illegal cacti. Cacti, is that plural for cactus? Yeah, what's up with that new car you just bought, Josh? Huh? Okay. Kalos is a cacti smuggler. All right, so back to this, back to the storyline. And the IRS to be, calls. To be fair, we're not, we're not snitching on anybody, and we're not also not being critical of anybody. Yeah, he's a, Kalos, Kalos yeah. eat my whole ass, bro. We're, we're just telling stories. Legit, we all have to find our own way. That's great. Me, just... I want you to do this, Kalos, from your from your comfort of your couch. Roll back and record either one of us snitching on somebody, and then play it in a loop so I can hear how wrong you are, <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Love you. Also, Kalos did just buy an underground racing twin turbo Giardo, so he's really feeling himself. Yeah. I can't wait to beat him with my RX-7 from whatever role these guys like to roll race with. Yeah. I mean, I've already beat him, so we're good. I say this, but that car's fast as fuck. It probably, it's probably <laughs> very, very fast. I mean, it's probably going to be easy. I'm not worried. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. That's enough. Continue. So IRS and the DEA, they get together. All right, let me just read this word for word. They were clearly rich, but no one knew where all the money was coming from. And at the rate they were spending it, there had to be a lot coming in. Even lesser known was that the Whittingtons had purchased a four-hire plane company. And according to ex-Canepa historian John Ficarra, 
two planes would be flown. <laughs> this is my favorite. This is my favorite part of this whole story. Two planes are flown in unison. Okay. So my, my imagination says elevation differential and that's it. Right. So on top of each other. And mm. I don't know if you can do that with airplanes, but that's my guess yeah. because they're flown in unison in the dead of night where one of them would land on the back straight of road Atlanta and use it as a runway while the other would land at a regular airport to cover the tracks. Uh. What were they hauling? Lots and lots of pot. <laughs> Bakara alleges that they were air, there were areas in the circuit that weren't permitted for anything to venture into and stored huge amounts of marijuana, explaining where all this cash flow came from. So they literally turned road Atlanta into a dispensary. Like they were landing a plane on the back straight, unloading it, to areas of the track that people were not allowed at, like it's all hearsay, but that's his, he's guessing this is what they were using it for, which clearly they're landing planes full of pot there. That's what they're using it for. Yeah. How insane is that? I love the, as somebody who comes from an aviation background, the, I'm going to call it the missionary flying position. <laughs> one is that just on the, top of one each other? I don't know. That's not really what it's called. I have no idea what you would call it, but I'm calling it missionary because that's just one on top of the other. Yeah, but for, if you guys are true. like not grasping that, if you're just listening to audio, like literally, one's flying at a thousand feet, another person's flying at three thousand feet, and on a radar, radar is two dimensional, not three, so it looks, it looks like, like one, one plane. plane, and then one just drops off onto Road Atlanta while the other one carries on on its normal flight path. Imagine, if you will, that I'm <clears> standing <throat> in front of you, not you, Rye, but let's say a, a street thug, a brawler, if you will. And me and this brawler are about to get into some fisticuffs. In this story, I am also seven foot tall like you, just for reference. <laughs> and then as that gentleman attempts to punch me in the face, I dodge out of the way and then you take the punch for me. You know what yeah. I mean? That's yeah, basically yeah, yeah. what this is, is yeah. me getting you punched in the face. Yeah, you're taking the heat. but There's yes. really no heat to be taken because you're on your normal flight pattern. No reason, normal. I'm, I'm flying. What do you mean? Huh? It's, 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 I'm flying my plane, huh? I got, I got a plane. I'm flying. Why are you harassing me? Huh? I don't like the cut of your jib. <laughs> you say it again. I'm stabbing the face with a soldering iron. What is so it? the Whittingtons clearly live outside of the rules, and the attitude transferred into the racing where cars were run without any sponsors at all, or those that were found on the cars completely fake. Notable was <laughs> so these guys, these guys had no sponsors on their cars. They just made shit up because they had to get rid of their money. So the most notable fake sponsor, CW Cobb, a suntan lotion distributor that would later be found <laughs> to be a shell company for a $300 million pot smuggling ring. They would even go as far to hire models to spray perfume on fans, claiming it to be one of their sponsors, new products for a company that didn't even exist. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, man. Does this not remind you of everything Danny DeVito does in Sonny? Yes. It's Sonny. It's Frank Reynolds. Yes. It's exactly yes. what Frank... Yes, yes, like the it's fake, amazing. Like the fake companies. John Marcos, oh. Marcos said, didn't you know this is on Netflix? No, I don't watch Netflix. I, I have a life. I don't have a life. I just don't watch Netflix. C.W. Cobb, <laughs> a Fort Lauderdale suntan lotion distributor who was later convicted of running a $300 million pot ring uncovered during federal probe dubbed Operation Sunburn. They were... <laughs> Talk about putting salt in the wound. They called the pro oh. Operation Sunburn, which I imagine is dudes with big mustaches in a boardroom like, guys, we need, I know we got a lot to do <laughs> before we do shit. We need a name. We need I, a name for this. 
God, I bet when they got to jail, it smelled so good. What other, if you had to coin a term to bust a fake suntan lotion company for smuggling weed and, and $300 million, Operation Sunburns on the table, what are you calling it? Uh, I mean, the easy go-to, something with Hawaiian Tropic. Yeah. Um, UV, something with UV rays. Yeah. Time to UV erase you. <laughs> so dumb. So can't arrest anyway. this guy. He smells too good. <laughs> He's all slippery. He's all slippery. Sli- smells so good. I can't even get him. Keeps slipping out of the cuffs. All right. I got it. I got it. So after a restoration team taking care of the Le Mans winning Kramer 935, they were, re- they were restoring the car, the race car. They found a large empty cavity in the driver's side sill. Consulting with the mechanics and crew members that worked on the car after it moved to the U.S., it was revealed that a nitrous oxide kit had been added to bump the already 750 horsepower Ooh. package up to 1,000 horse. So An act not- that would regularly see the car roll across the finish line completely destroyed after the $40,000 engine had let go. Wow. So you had a shit tuner. If you were blowing up engines like that, well, dude, on an endurance car, I mean, how a much? Two fifty shot in it, and how? Like, uh, yeah, I don't think it's not, it's not a lot of nitrous. It's not a but lot again, of nitrous. This is and the how 70s. big this is, is that nineteen seventy something? Like how big is that tank? Like how big is the bottle? That it's an endurance race, dude. I you can only use it for a lap or two. So, and the good news here, the story's coming to a little bit of an end, and then there's also a follow up that I, I can go over. But in 1986, the feds, obviously, they're like, dude, this shit's up. Operation Sunburn's a complete success. You guys are horrible human beings, and you have destroyed this world with this terrible, funky-smelling weed that's killing people in the streets, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not, we're not political, so I won't get into my opinions on that. But come on. I mean, he's not smuggling, like... Maybe when they was heroin or cocaine or something. Well, but like, I mean, in the eighties, everything was the devil. They had crack. I mean, like crack was still new. My personal opinion is, if you're in the DEA in the eighties and you guys are like, we got to stop this this grass from coming in, and meanwhile, Pablo Sanchez is pulling in ten billion pounds of cocaine, so all these people can make crack cocaine an epidemic. I don't feel like you're spending your time very well. Yeah. Like, but the fact that these brothers were dickheads in different stories I've read, I'm totally chill with them spending their resources, getting them arrested. <laughs> so in 1986, both brothers would cop out like a pu- couple of punk bitches because they're just sackless and plead guilty. Like you babies, how are you going to not take that to court? You big tough guy, pound your chest, which I probably would have pled guilty to. Uh, they pled guilty to tax evasion, money laundering, and I don't. I didn't read into this too much, but conspiracy to smuggle cocaine from Colombia—not actually smuggling, but cons- conspiring to. The men pleaded, gu- pleaded guilty and agreed to forfeit seven million in property, including the Porsche. The picture that Rise showed of that Porsche is where the Porsche now lives. It's at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Foundation Museum, which now, if I ever have a chance to go there, I'm for sure going to see that car. Oh yeah, Don Whittington—he got 18 months in prison. So this is where it gets weird, and I don't know the specifics, but the brother Bill, 15 years in prison. Uh, the IMSA driver, Randy, and John Paul, John Jr., they'd also see some prison time. So like the drivers they with the Blue Thunder group, they got some prison time. doesn't matter. I don't care about those guys. Both of these dudes got out of jail and <laughs> started up an aircraft company called World Jet, 
that's been under investigation for multiple drug trafficking related crimes. Their driving careers seemingly <laughs> ended with her convictions. We got a from Le Mans Air- to ex-cons. <laughs> got a new so airline good. airline company called Prestige Worldwide. Prestige um, Worldwide. You want to invest? We're, we're seeking investors right now. You know. So the 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 end of this all comes like obviously you guys got your fill. You understand you know what's going on here. Bill Whittington, the dude that got the fifteen years, right? He died in April of two thousand twenty-one. He was flying one of his own personal planes. And he said he was taking an unknown. He didn't say who, but one of his friends who was dying of cancer, he said he was going to give him one last chance on a plane. He, you know, one experience flying. And <laughs> I guess, I guess like this cryptic, whatever. And the fucking plane goes down and crashes and kills everybody on board, which to me is hey. this guy's fucking somewhere else right now. Like there's no way he's dead. Terrible. Um, hey man, how about one last ride? Whoa, yeah. that sounds really morbid. <laughs> Yes. So, <laughs> so he crashed the, the planes crashed uh his real his full name is his name is bill whittington his full name is william marvin whittington which with a name like that you gotta smuggle drugs because like you're not gonna get anywhere else in life you got bill marvin is your name yeah the like, whitest name possible yeah you for real like change it bud so that's that's the long and short of the Whittington brothers. And I was enthralled at this story when I was reading it. I thought it was absolutely insane. It's a good one. It's it's super I I like the I mean people are like, oh, drugs and racing and blah blah blah. But if you rewind the clocks and look like where NASCAR began, it began from outlaws run and shine. Prohibition, dude. So it, it kind of I won't say that. I'm not sitting here trying to say like drugs and racing go hand in hand. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It's like lamb, dude, lamb and tuna fish. You can only be blind to it for so long. And without dry snitching, as far as Kalis calls it, there are several people pillars. And I use this term loosely pillars of the racing community that the majority of people that are in the scene all like subconsciously agree are selling drugs or moving drugs or they're part of transporting drugs it's not hard like if a if a, a crew comes out of nowhere alabama which is not a real state that i'm saying i'm not throwing anyone under the bus Kalis. but out of nowheresville <laughs> alabama shows up and they got a toter a stacker they have a three hundred fifty thousand dollar car they got three backup engines they have all this money and you ask them what they do for a living and they're like we're farmers soybeans we got 10 acres you're like oh, okay all right. You farm soybeans. Okay, good. On 10 acres. And that's how you, okay. Like it's, it's not hard to figure out. Like, come on, man. It's, I, it's, I swear to God, if there's an Alabama race team, that's soybean farmers, <laughs> that I just threw under the bus. I apologize. I didn't, this is not from any knowledge. Don't kill me. Their names are the Clemps. You can find them. Easy them now. Up. Easy. Oh, your last name is a big secret. No, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't even know how to grow soybeans. I mean, I like edamame. Yes, I bet you do, buddy. That doesn't mean I'm gonna... edamame brine. Oh, are, is this a culinary joke? <laughs> I'm a better... You look like you're in deep thought over there. Why don't you give me what you got there, Caleb? Whatever your name is, Clamp. Caleb? Clamp? Kalis? Kalis, because Kalis is... Now, they all own construction <laughs> companies. Who's snitching now, Kalis? Uh, no, I was trying to kind of like tie this into like more of the another drug smuggling kind of deal where um do you remember the story i don't know is this 
No, I just got done telling a story that I spent many hours writing. So I don't know of any other stories. I was kind of focusing on the one that I prepared for the podcast, but you go ahead. I'm really excited to hear about it. Forget it. <laughs> no, you go. I want to, let me hear it. Let me hear no, it. It's, 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 I, it's like, it's very cocaine cowboys kind of thing. Like, what do you think it could have gone if it kept going it, besides like just smuggling pot? Like how big does that get? Like you just bought a freaking racetrack. Like how I think it becomes your own you demise. Yeah, that's exactly it's, what I'm saying. Is that you draw the, so much attention? It's the old, it's the Icarus and the Sun story, for real. Right. I mean, every single example of these of these people that feel they're they're bigger than the governments that they are operating within, and bigger than the laws they're supposed to be abiding by. It's they're flying too close to the sun. No pun intended, because Bill died in a plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> nice like for real i mean it's how it's how much can you get away these are the kids that never had their hands slapped when they were young and they just push and push and push to see what they can get away with for real have you ever ever thought about like how many are out there just still flying under the radar that have dude that are just the war on drugs ending is not good for the u.s government you know what i mean like the (laughs) amount of i mean for real the amount of money this is getting too political, so I'll keep it brief. But the amount of money that our the United States government inherently collects because of illegal operations, specifically drugs, is an insane, insurmountable number that our taxes cannot cover. It is literally a an avenue for them to create wealth for the government. So why would they want to end it? No, they give people enough leash. I guarantee they know more about smugglers than the smugglers think. And they're like, let's just leave those guys alone for a yeah. few weeks. Scott, they got a big cash deposit coming in. Let's let them get it and then arrest them. Scott from Drag Week brings up a very good point. We only know about the ones that got caught. Man, so you're on your deathbed. You were one of these racers. You're telling your, I'm telling my story. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no way I'm not telling my story. Netflix is going to pay me for my story. You know what I mean? Not that I have a story. I'm just no, I'll saying. make mine up. If I I'm had all lies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll bullshit my way through all of this. What is it that, what do you think it is that drives people to take the plunge into the gray area of legality? You think it's just convincing themselves what they're doing isn't wrong? I think it's flying under the radar and, and it's like it's a two sticks to the, to the government saying like, you know what, I'm going to do my thing. So this year it, it kind of circulated on Facebook um, and it was the screenshot that I saw from the IRS website about how to fill out your tax claim, your, 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 your tax return. Oh my God. Yes. Please report illegal income, illegal income, which stolen property, stolen property. <laughs> uh, um, what was another, something about, Hey, Rye, speaking children. of stolen property, let me tell you about a steal that forced performance has going on right now. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about force? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about forced performance. Hey, out of curiosity, Rye, what type of turbochargers are available for a very reasonable price from a company such as Force Performance Turbochargers? I'm glad you asked, Logan. Uh, Force Performance Turbochargers is uh, one of the leaders in bolt-on turbochargers for a multitude of vehicles. Many from, vehicles, you say? Yeah, 4G63s. Uh, so your Evos, your, your Evos, uh, your, your DSMs, DSMs. Okay, your, Eclipses, Talons. Eclipses, Talons, lasers. Kind of lasers. Rare. Laser. Which rare was, car, good car. Rare fact is uh, um, a little known fact was one of the first turbocharged four cylinders that I ever drove, and I was very impressed. Uh, they also make uh, bolt-on turbochargers for side by sides. So if you got a Can Am and you want to update the improve, uh, <laughs> improve the performance, I have to imagine a big turbo Can Am is a dick stretcher of a car of a rig. 
It's got to be a beast. I would love. I mean, my NA thousand XP was sick. I wish I had the money and time to buy a Can Am and then put a Force Performance Turbo on it. Well, in this case, you know, you don't have anything with a, a 4G63 or a Subaru motor, and I don't have a Can Am or anything with a, a four cylinder. What other options do we have here, Ry? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked. They have their HTZ lineup, which is their top of the line Borg Warner based turbochargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, HTZ, you say? Supporting big power. Big power. One of those HTZ 88 millimeter turbos is what propelled me to 7.98 seconds at 174 miles per hour. Okay, so we're bringing up negative thoughts. That's cool. Didn't In know the we quarter were mile. Do that, but okay. And maybe, you know what? You're on a budget. Okay, you're looking at some of the competition out there. You're like, hey, there's some cheaper turbos out here, and guys are going relatively fast with those. H, uh, FP has you covered with their, with their H, what though? Their HD, the Happy Dragon series of the turbos. Happy Dragon. They go all the way up into the. Wait, 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 before you say it real quick, what's the starting price of a Happy Dragon turbo? I uh, will find out right now. I'll tell you right you. now, it's as low as six hundred and forty-nine dollars on Dynasty.com. Oh. They're on sale right now. Nice. I like how this comes full circle. Just a happy, just a happy dragon sale right now. I got 8088s and 8588s for sale right now. Push it. You can go all the way up to the HD5598 Street Turbo. That's a, a big, big unit. girthy turbo. A girthy unit. Okay. I can I attest like that. I can attest to the fact if you are afraid of the HD thinking it's a lower run-of-the-mill Chinese it's turbo. It's, it's not bill it. I don't want it. I have personally made 1,100 horsepower to the tire on a, what I would call a stingy dyno with the HD88 turbo. So You made 1,100 horse on a stingy dyno with what people would consider a stingy turbo, and it did it with grace and poise. And it will only run you $1,049 from FP's website. God damn, that's a deal. There you go. Forceperformance.shop. He's got a sick website. Not .net, not .com, .shop. Shizzity, shizzity, shop. Forcedperformance.shop. Also, dynasty.com. Because I have them for sale there. right now. <laughs> <laughs> for real. I do have 8588s and 8088. I want to say one or two of each left in stock that are able to ship. And we went, are interested. we went fives on the 8088, by the way, too. In the eighth mile. 580 or something, right? Uh, it was a five, yeah, five eighties on a five three, Which five eighties on a five three with an eighty eighty eighty. So it's a whole bunch of fives oh and God, eights. It's a tongue twister, dude. A tongue twister. They're beasts. Another uh, partner for the podcast is Josh Kalis. You can buy his premier pre worn panties at Kalis's pre worn panties gov. <laughs> he has asked for a skip ad button, so I'm sure he doesn't want to skip his own personal ad again. Kalis's pre worn panties gov. We have lace. We have thong. G string. We have boy shorts, everything you can imagine with the stains you'd expect from a pair of Josh Kalis panties. If you thought the only place to get used underwear was in Japan, you're wrong. We have begun importing Josh Kalis's used underwear from Michigan and distributing it to the other 47 continental Continental United States. States. I had to think about how many there were, too. Don't feel bad. Um, Alaska and Hawaii coming soon. International. Yes, Yes coming soon don't too. hold your breath unless you yeah. get a box of josh's underwear then hold your breath for sure yes please hold your- <laughs> you're not gonna want to take away <laughs> all right well that was good i like that final ad that really sealed the deal for us Absolutely. that podcast yes. but in all honesty um i i'm glad that you and i aren't drug dealers that's a big that's a 
it's a big positive to not be drug dealers. But I don't know. Um, anybody that is listening to this that is indeed smuggling drugs from one, one country to another, please understand that they probably already know. So yeah. if you're ahead of the game, probably just get out. You know, don't let don't fly too close to the sun and crash your plane. Or keep up the good work. We know whatever you want. <laughs> get a gold star. <laughs> like there's a big conference where they all meet. Hey guys, how's how are your quarterly projections going? Yeah. Maybe try laundering your money a little bit better than a suntan company, suntan this lotion was, company. This has been fitting with the recent like season four release of Ozarks, the part one. And I not like you watch that show and it's you've watched have you watched Ozarks at all? I have not. My wife has. It's a good Const- show. Constantly. A lot of people are like, eh, I don't kink it into it. It's a good show. I like it. I dig it's, it. How many seasons are there? Four? Yeah, this last one is season four, part one, and then a part two, I think. I'm too good. far behind at this point to catch up. It's, it's like, okay. That's how, that's how I feel. Like, unless I have, when I would deploy or something like that, I would be like, oh, yeah, I got ton, I got seven months to fucking watch whatever. Play Grand like, Theft Auto. and Yeah, I last deployment uh, was Grand Theft Auto and Game of Thrones. It's awesome. At the yeah. same time, are you multitasking? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes. I picture, I know this isn't reality, but I picture like, in the background of this scene, full-blown war zone. Like everything is in shambles. And you're you're sitting there playing your game with your headphones yeah, on, like, like this, like keep it down. Shut up. <laughs> like, Shut boom. Up. The fuck? Are y'all good? Everything okay? No. I can't I can't just pause it. There's no pause. There's no pause. This is live. That's how I feel. God, You're man, dude. Do, your, do your jobs Scott Sublet pretty close <laughs> 100% oh, accuracy man. right there I'm telling you dude but yeah man into that I'm into that I like that so uh, wrap it up with the old Scomobile buddy the what oh yeah what a good name for a car Scomobile if it was an Oldsmobile it'd be a perfect name but Sco I love the car it's super sick I'm excited for it. And the guy that I bought it from, it was the only, I, t- I called you about this. And this is kind of a weird thing to bring up on a podcast, but you know what? You'll, it'll make you uncomfortable. So here we go. <laughs> I already know what's coming. Let's talk about race in America for a moment, please. Um, if y'all <laughs> are new to the podcast or uh, first time watchers, understand that my fiance is African-American and I am uh, vanilla. If you couldn't tell <laughs> the Capri, I bought a, a 1978 Caprice, right? A box Chevy, which is predominantly uh, an African-American enthusiasm backed vehicle, it, you know, and stereotypically, I guess is the proper way to say it. it's a stereotypical car, right? Which Jasmine, my fiance and I discussed the racial implication of those types of statements following the um, purchase of this vehicle, because uh, a statement by the seller was made. It wasn't a racist statement. He wasn't racially like charged in his in his commentary. And I'm not going to repeat what he said because it'll it'll draw some division. And I honestly think he's a nice guy. But after I purchased the car and I was driving it, um, I realized very quickly that despite it being possibly a stereotypical you know African American car, the one thing remains that they got it right. Because that car is fucking <laughs> sick. That is the fucking best. 
like all this time, people are like, I want to go, I want to go hard tire, big rim racing. And most people that post that shit, let me, let me edit most white dudes that post that shit. I feel like they're just culturally appropriating. Cause they want to be like, Oh, look, I got tipping up four fours. <laughs> and it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. And the, the people that have put the time and the effort into these box Chevys to make them go as fucking fast as they do at the weight they are on the tire. They do. They have low hangers. Well, that's a whole other topic, but they have low hangers that you couldn't fathom because this thing rides like a fucking yacht. And I, I can't imagine like, like, dropping like, a button and seeing the sky and then landing and not spilling a drip of my cappuccino. Shout out to uh, Ira self, AKA boost doctor. Boost doctor. Yes. Ira yeah. has some crazy shit. I, um, like I said in the, in your Facebook post, like that thing looks like it was born to jump railroad tracks. Sage, Donk master, <laughs> same deal. Like, dude, Man, dude. But it's funny, like, again, I, cultural appropriation is one of those things people hate to hear, you know, like, oh, I don't give a shit about that. But it's like, man, don't talk about it. Be about it. Go hard tire racing with these dudes. You know, if you want to build a donk and you or you want to build a big rim car and go race, you go do it. I'm not going to fucking do it. I know where my pen is. I'm staying on the yeah. sidelines. I mean, remember, the Internet lost their mind when Boost Doctor Ira turned the clocks yeah. on at Streetcar Takeover and went 890. Mm -hmm. look there's a reason he turned the clocks on at 890 because he's way faster than that still holding his hand very mm -hmm. close to his chest yeah yeah That's he's only he, he's giving you a peek and he's got a new combo coming out and uh it's gonna be nasty 890 is a drop in the bucket compared to what he's gonna be I, let's <laughs> just say it's fucked up because 890 is not slow <laughs> you know i mean? don't want to line up next to him on and when him on rims in my car i don't want to line up next to him with this i would love to watch that race actually <sighs> it might happen maybe we'll i would happen. love to watch that race like <laughs> absolutely watch, would love to watch that race i'll take somebody else's car and line up next to him i can do it with mine <laughs> man dude i want to this is this is like ridiculous and i shouldn't even say it but i'm going to i want to find the most racist backwards piece of shit <clears throat> that thinks he's got the baddest fucking car because it, let me make this abundantly clear if you're racist fuck you and kill yourself i hate you um and i want to find that person that beats their chest and and hates um any person that's not white that has a drag car that thinks they're fast and i want to put them in the fucking beams with that car and just at the finish line you and i could have a fucking mariachi band playing some somber song as they waddle into the distance with their fucking tail between their legs. That is the best. It would be like, oh my God, it would kill me. I'd love that. Anyway, I got a Caprice now. That's, that's a long way to say I bought uh, a box Chevy. I love it. Dude. It's such a sick car. It's super Man. dope. Dude, for you real. Need go, you need to go. When we get off of here, if you haven't seen, have you seen the video, Yellow Wolf's video, Box Chevy 2? Yes. Yeah. It's a great. Oh, one. shit. I didn't tell you. So I had my headphones in when I bought the car and I pull out of the driveway and the first song that plays on my iPhone, Yellow Wolf Box Chevy 6. I was it's, like, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Oh, dude. My kids love Box Chevy 5 and I used to drive around in, I mean, a C10 square body. I mean, is it a Box Chevy? Kind of. It's the same era. Yeah, we, used I mean, to, we used to ride around in the C10 listening to Box Chevy. I'm like, I'm listening to Box Chevy in my Box Chevy. Ish. I like box Chevys. I like the sedan. I like the coupe. I like, I've always wanted a sedan and dude, it's carbureted, which is like voodoo sucks. It's, it sucks so hard, <laughs> <laughs> but it, once it starts, it's fine. It's he, a magic. It was, I don't understand yet. 
it was dead cold. Like the car hadn't been started. It was dead ass cold. And he's like, yeah, you know, I haven't started. I don't like to, and I appreciate this. I don't start a car before someone comes and looks at it because yeah. I don't want them to see the coolant, the temp gauge and be like, dude, this thing's been running. Yeah. Um, awkwardly enough, this car doesn't even have a coolant temp gauge. So he could have, and I never would have known the difference. I could have like a, felt the engine. It's got a light. It, it does. It does. The light comes on when it's too late. Yeah. But he goes to start it up and it just dies. I'm like, I look at him like, this is carbureted, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, it's a 78. And I felt like such an asshole for even asking that question. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know I'm an idiot. He fires it up again, just dies immediately. He's like, sometimes you got to give these a little more love. He starts revving it up. Thing idles like a champ, like a brand new bone stock car off the showroom floor, Chevy. Hold on. I'm looking up. I want to see how much power that thing makes. 186. Ooh. What do you think it makes for real? One, I would guess 185. Bloody 135. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Out of a 305 inch V8? Dude, this is, you're at the, you're at peak gas crisis. You gotta remember oh, that. Oh man, we gotta take the restrictor plate the off fast, Red Dragon. Uh, no, if I'm, I think if I'm correct, the fastest production vehicle in 1978 was Dodge, uh, the Dodge Ram Little Red Express. So, damn, son. I guess I have to put an LS in it. Uh, so, the, LS, the option of LS swapping is the easy way out. And I, I need an easy way out. I've had too many complex bullshit projects that just, yeah. like the, the EF sedan, the all-wheel drive joint, it's too much. It's too fucking much. I need something that is plug and play and that I know I'm familiar with. And there's two options on the deck right now. One of which is an LS. The other is a Gen 5 LT. Yeah. which I would really like to do a Gen 5 LT. So if Brian Tooley is listening, what's up, dude? <laughs> what's up, bro? How you been, bro? It's good to hear from you, bro. I got the sick caprice, bro. sick, bro. That's it's like my first phone call is going to be called Matt, the chief operating officer. Hey, Matt's Logan. You know me. I think you should. The podcast. I still uh, think you should baseline it. No, we're going to. I'm going to try to. If, put, if I go a, through with swapping it, we're going to blow it up on purpose. Put a draggy in it. And I mean, you could basically run a quarter mile without breaking the legal speed limit. So, right. 1970. You know, words hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate words, even more so. I was right. The, fir- the fastest vehicle in 1978 was a truck, the Dodge Little Red Express, 147 at 93 miles per hour with 225 horse per 360 cubic inch V8. Second place was the Chevrolet Corvette at 220 horsepower. So you're only 80, 75. I don't know. I can't math that quick shy of, uh, of Corvette levels. Let me ask you a question. Scott brought this up in the comments. Um, big block Chevys. Yeah. Which one doesn't explode when you put boost to it? That's a Scott question, dude. I have no Scott, idea. Scott. Scott from Drag Week. Scott! Scott! <laughs> Scott! I know, like, there's the... From the, Drag Week! I mentioned wanting to put a big block in my C10, and Scott started nailing so me hard. with, like, crazy. Make arrest. sure you don't get the peanut port and blah, blah. And can't I, get the peanut port or the M block or the LMNOP block because you can't do it with a G block, but you want to do it with an R, R, RM. My eyes. Block. He's like, they're 
the Pistons are fifty thousand below the deck. I don't know. My eyes roll back. Fifty thousand below. Why? I can't do his voice. We need to create an app that could do Scott's voice. He's got such a great voice. I just do this. I do the same thing every time. We rolled the ugly man out of the trailer. We went a five forty right out the trailer, and he went boom right down through there. I fucking love Scott. Oh, dude, that guy has such good energy. And huge, huge shins. Scott, hey, shins. I got a question. Wide shins. Let's get his next, his next like team shirt's going to just say the shin. That's all he is. (laughs) What, (laughs) Scott, what, what big block Chevy that's not a million dollar? Okay. Dude, I'm being complimentary. Don't say you hate us. What big block Chevy out there? Will drop into into this car that doesn't. It costs the same as an LS. He's anything out there. He's gonna say for me or for you. That's his. <laughs> that's his standard reply when you ask. Wait, him. I bet he's got like. If you go, hey Scott, how much does it cost to build this? It'll go like for me or for, for you. Every in. <laughs> <laughs> best uh, reply. I'm waiting on his reply to tell me what's an affordable big block Chevy. Because uh, I would like to put a BBC. Hang on, hang on. I'm gonna predict his response. Cheap, fast, reliable. Pick two. Pick one. Pick pick four. Pick two. Pick seven. He's, he's not gonna he's, reply. He's no. He's trying. He's typing like With this. Two fingers. Like do you think he big uses his fingers or his big? I've seen him text. He he does this and then. Does this. <laughs> oh yeah! Happy birthday! It's his fucking birthday today. Is it? Bre- All right, and yes. a one, and a two, and happy, happy birthday. birthday. Are we gonna do it at the same time? I am. Okay, ready? Yeah. Ha- Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Scott from Drag Week. Happy birthday. Take it home, Rye. To you. Oh, shit. How much power do you want to make? I don't know. Enough. I don't know. I so feel much. good about what just happened, though. All right. That's the, that's, that's the show. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Take us home, Ryan. This has been the Clapped Out Podcast presented by Monster Clutches. Clutch, 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 clutch. Monster Clutch, the leader in clutch technology. Art. Support the companies that support us. Monster Clutches, Brian's Feely Racing, Force Performance Turbochargers. Head over to those companies, and they have the baddest of the baddest merch, uh, merch parts to yeah, make your two sponsor. You know, haul ass. All right, so. I'm gonna do a different version of that real quick. You ready? Ready to go. If you don't buy Monster Clutch, a Force Performance Turbo, or a Brian Feely Cam Kit, Rise coming to your house is gonna beat the shit out of you. Is that better? Yeah, I like it. Okay. Uh, Let's do the Jay and Silent Bob next week and just go to people's houses. Uh, that works. Everybody have a blessed rest of your Sunday. This has been the Clapped Out Podcast. We're out.